Yeah. Yeah. Goddamn right, bitches. Yeah, driving around, listening to that album twice yesterday, driving around just doing errands. Must Same as Electric good. Wizard, it just makes, it, like, just simple tasks. Driving through a parking lot, picking up shit, the bank, groceries. It makes a badass. Stuff like that. Yeah. Even, even this and podcast. That, yeah. <laughs> We see more badass just because we opened with that song. Yeah. In fact, we're not, though. Not badass at all. No, <laughs> especially if there was just a camera filming the last 30 minutes. We were having some technical issues. We were supposed to start 20 minutes ago. It was 20 minutes worth of... Did you try that? Try try this chord. Did, did you plug it in here? No, no, that's not the right one. Is that is that the port? If I could... Why isn't, uh, why isn't it working? If I could have a compilation, I, when I did lots of like editing of wedding videos... I think I've said this before on the podcast. I'm not sure, but there's a, you know, uh, the corsages or whatever the hell. Then there's like, it's like a thing that a paste you get a pastry in. A pastry. Like a like a plastic <laughs> clear plastic case with the with the like that you open, open or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I've seen amazing and champagne like people trying to pop champagne. Watching humans on film trying to like open things or figure something out. You really get a sense that we just are animals like the <laughs> zoolander has the best version of it when they the files are inside the computer and they start hitting it yeah with their hands we just have we're dumb animals sometimes like us trying to figure out the chord was we could have just been like <laughs> hitting things <laughs> moving them pulling them and then when just it did plug in <laughs> <laughs> we get our reward this guy, I listened to this lecture of this guy who, who hacked into a bunch of computers like in Mac stores and he took screen grabs of all the people using the computers and he showed like a hundred of these images like really close together and every single person had the exact same expression on their Where face. What was it? Was it numbed out? Or? Yeah, it was just like, it was like the compute. When people compute, they all just make the same non-face like zero emotion and just like staring at it and then he if you if you morph them all together it just becomes this like monster with no emotion it's the creepiest cool. thing that yeah. to me that's more artistic than and creative than any stuff that's like people you know people are artists or whatever that's like the new creative stuff is people who are using technology in bizarre ways um if i do like i have one of these computers that work with the camera if I ever have to use it for human seed release purposes, 
definitely seed ta- release. I'm definitely taping that shit. Can you release seed? On- oh, seed release. Gotcha. <laughs> In the never heard last that on that one podcast where he's like, "Gotta release some seed." Down. He's like, "I tape it. I, I tape the camera." Really? Yeah. That's I don't. Creepy. I don't like it. I don't like that this is on my phone. Yeah. Okay. So, two. When was so last I'll, time? I put like a post-it note over it. You do. <laughs> yeah. When was the last time you watched two thousand one Space Odyssey? Uh, I honestly, I don't think I've ever watched the whole. You haven't. Thing. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I, like it's been years. You're missing out, and on a good experience. I know. We have different pacing. Isn't it? It's like four hours, isn't it? No, it's not. How long is it? Three? It's two and a half. It's shorter than Django. What's Django? The new Quentin Tarantino movie. Which oh, you is that Go anger? experience in the theater. Yeah, nice. That was really good. Yeah. Really good. But Hal, you don't remember? Like, he's the, he's the computer. And he's okay. the, his, his, his eye, like, the, the character of Hal looks like the, the these things. Hmm. And when it's like, <laughs> when he goes to unlock the memory or what or the the software that runs hell and it's like the little camera with the red light it's like I wouldn't do that Dave like he has that unaffected voice yeah that sounds familiar I have seen it it's like almost some kind of sick joke that Apple just made these things look like hell well I always think about the like these sci-fi movies that have come out in the past they're not just movies they're like maps for scientists and for people making the technology. Awesome. It's like, it's, it's ideas and they get out there and it's like the best way that ideas can get out there is with an entertaining movie. Science fiction's the shit. I'm starting to appreciate it more from that level and from the level of uh, like what it can say about the current world. Like it can make a whimsical world where things are allowed to happen that shouldn't normally be allowed to happen but yeah. it says a lot about like how we live today. Yeah. Brazil's a good one for that. And Man Who Fell to Earth, have you seen that yet? With David Bowie? With David Bowie, definitely not recently. There's a lot of movies that just like, if I've seen them... You gotta see them. I need to see them within a certain time frame, or else it's like I haven't seen them. They don't exist in my database right now, so... There's... Man Who Fell to Earth. The Man Who Fell to Earth. With David Bowie. Yeah, it's really good. But anyways, take that. Take that shit. It's just weird. And the fact that there's two cameras on this phone, there's one facing you and one. Are there any movies you can think of that numb out face, like that computer numb out face that have captured that emotion very well? It's hard to do. Very if you hard wanted to, to do. translate that. That's why I really like the comedy. That's probably oh, one of my favorite movies. Did you watch it? Yeah. You did watch it? It was so fucking good. Wasn't that movie fucking amazing? Yeah. That's like, if I do make a movie which I will eventually the tone oh my of that God. movie yeah it was brilliant it was really from from the first fucking scene it was really like uncomfortable but like realistic is the first scene where it's like his dad's lying in the hospital bed or oh no, the no, fir- no. they're just they're, they're partying or whatever yeah, yeah it's some of the best commentary of, or some of the best visuals and like more than words could ever do about like the quote unquote like hipster 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 culture or whatever. Yeah. They do such a good job of they pull all of the darkest stuff out of that idea of like being older and maybe not having any direction in life. Yeah. Yeah, the first scene is them just partying naked, pouring like that aerial pink song. (laughs) So baby. (laughs) And his 
Yeah. And just his face, like, he looks like, yeah, he kind of has that staring at a computer face, like, just doesn't give a fuck. Fucking does not give a fuck. That was a really, that was, that movie had layers. There was a lot going on. Yeah, yeah, that's why I love that movie is, there's, you feel so many emotions throughout the span of it. Yeah. And there's parts that are really funny, too. Really funny. Like, uh, about the scene in the church. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that was a good movie. The song in the cab was really good. Um, and, oh, man, that the, the tension with that chick that he ends up, that he works with, where he's, like, the dishwasher. <sighs> he's, like, brushing his teeth. And he then always carries we, the ba- like he always carries a bag around. That was such an interesting <laughs> touch. Like does he have he just carries like a plastic bag around. And yeah, the scene where she she has the seizure. The seizure? And it's yeah. just cuts back to space. <laughs> and there's cuts in time where you don't get to find out certain things. It like it'll jump like ten minutes or something, so you don't get to see the resolve in certain scenes. Jesus. It's it seems like to make a movie like that you wouldn't be able to plan it out. Like, it'd be very hard to Lots of it write that and script it. You would have to kind of have, like, a loose idea yeah. and just, like, kind of go out and, and just film stuff. Like, that's how it seemed. Apparently... Because it was just so random and, and free-flowing. Well, and fuck. Who knew that T- Tim Heidecker had, like, dramatic chops... Because if you play one of those roles, right, it's really hard. Yeah, what's that guy's story? Tim Heidecker? Yeah. Uh, he has a really good podcast with Mark Maron where he's not playing a character because usually everything he does is comedy in some way. Like yeah. the driest possible comedy, like the podcast that he's done with Duncan Trussell. Yeah, I listened to that one. He's fucking with you. Yeah, pretty much everything that he does, it's hard to find like real interviews with him, which is a smart thing to do. But this one, he does talk honestly and he really I think he really liked the director so when the director got a hold of him he he just knew he could do it yeah because he had seen the director's previous stuff so it was like he got really excited and then he hadn't really done much dramatic stuff and a lot of people fucking hate that movie too a lot of of people hate that movie yeah but in terms of something new and fresh that I hadn't seen before that uh, I remembered and I couldn't stop thinking about it. Yeah. It and it's powerful. And it's called the comedy. The comedy, brilliant. Yeah, that guy's story is really interesting. Him and him and Eric they met like in university and just started making shorts. And there was one that they sent to Bob Odenkirk from Mr. Show. Yeah. And apparently he just loved it and got them hooked up. And there's people who hate Tim and Eric and people who love Tim and Eric. If you've ever seen any of their show, it's the best kind of like, you know when there's lots of like that internet comedy and YouTube videos of stuff that's like trying so hard to be funny, they take it to a level of like, yeah, that uncomfortable, like their show is just, it almost seems real and that it's not supposed to be funny. That's the best. The, which is the best, which that's why I guess the director chose him for that role. And that's the tone of that movie. Yes, yeah. that whole thing. I keep thinking that th- that is really the future of mm-hmm. entertainment and of comedy. Is that it'll become very, I guess, more subtle. Brody like, Stevens. Yeah, Brody Stevens. You don't know 
it's serious. It's it's not. It's it's. He's not a comedian, or he's not trying to be funny. But he just but, is. He's and you just don't hilarious. Know. The conversation that you have with yourself while you're watching his comedy goes back and forth between like, this guy's so funny. Fuck, is he fucking with me? Is that really him? I think that's really him. Yeah. Is he? It's like almost sometimes. Not that the person dislikes their audience, but they're challenging them so much. I know what you mean. Like, Brody Stevens is related to that, Steven. Right? Brody Stevens. Positive energy. <laughs> that he was really good at baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I have to see more of his show. I only watched the first episode. If you go on the Duncan Trussell message board and scroll down, I don't know if there's a search function. All of them are on there. So the entire nice. first season. <clears throat> nice. We're talking about Enjoy by uh, Brody. Brody Stevens. Yeah. Yeah, Everyone should watch that. Amazing. Mm. That rum burp was really good. It tasted good. It didn't taste that good going down, but the burp had, t- had, had this like butterscotch flavor to it. I feel a nice warmth. It's good. Very good. It's good. Um, so I watched this... Um, yeah, let's, let's get into it here. I watched a, uh, a TED Talk on body language mm-hmm. and about the way that... It's obvious that your body language affects oh, other people's one, perception. So. Of you? Yeah. So it talked about like how your body language affects yourself and your own chemistry and what's going on within you. Like it, they say that holding power poses ups your testosterone and lowers your, lowers your, uh, what is it? This one? The stress hormone, colosterone, colosterone. Yeah. So essentially it's, it got, it got people to assume power poses for two minutes yeah. and then it got another group of people to uh, assume non-power poses like curled up, small, timid and both of the groups went into job interviews and it was like unanimous that everyone chose the people who had taken up power poses. Yeah. So I was thinking about how powerful rollerblading is for that, like the, the poses that you go into and the moves that you do with your body. I'm sure that has a strong like Absolutely. effect on your internal chemistry yeah. and your internal sense of power over the world. Like that's something that I've always re- kind of known, but watching that lecture really put that into like it. There's it's 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 true. Like after you skate, if yeah. you have a really good session, yeah, you could walk up to the hottest chick and just say, "Let's go home." And she would probably go home with you just because, well, like, you yeah. are just full of just whatever that is that you yeah. get out of skating. Fuck yeah, yeah. The session the other day, I got, I got like a superhero burst. Yeah. Rollerblading is a futuristic movement art or whatever you'd want to call it. Cause like, yoga's great. Yeah. It's fucking old though. It's like thousands of years old. And I mean, yes, of course it works that you hold poses for a certain amount of times. But the free flowing, like a good, you gotta be in shape and like your body has to be able to move like if yeah. you're chubby chubber yeah. it's probably harder to have free flowing movement but like rolling sometimes is like in way more powerful than yoga ever could be because Can you're be, yeah. constantly doing movements but you're flowing from one to another and you're also inventing the movements Especially sometimes you're, when you're yeah. like doing creative moves or or if there's like you come across objects where a certain move is only possible on that object yeah I think there's something so powerful about like conceptualizing the movement and then executing it. Yeah. And you're channeling something so intense there. You're like the, the, the people who first discovered yoga, essentially. You're like, 
you're thinking of it and then doing it and like it's hard to quantify that or or know exactly what's going on but it's definitely doing something very very positive for your for your physiology physiology for your physiology oh damn you're killing your physiology (laughs) Your physiologue seems pretty tight right now. Man, we're getting mad physiologic all up in here. That's related to the innies and outies conversation that Kevin Yee was talking about. Like in Minnesota, they had innie tricks and outie tricks. So it'd be interesting to see like if you got someone to do Mizu's for five minutes and then someone to do true topsoils for five minutes, how they oh, would yeah. feel. Because Mizu's like, hello. Yeah. So it's like, arms out. So yeah, it's kind of like. Yo, what's up, man? I'm just chilling right here. And yeah. just like, hello. Opening up that stand. Like, perfect. Like, just teabagging the earth. And front sides can be like, they can be like, front side. And sometimes they can be like, yo, front side, like, man. It seems like in general, rollerblading is, or ri- rollerbladers are trying more to, innies. to, yeah, to innie, right. to yeah. crowd in. They want to grab, they want to tuck, they well, want to be tight. Like, the BMX pose is any, uh, skateboarding's any. Like when you push a skateboard, it's any. BMX is any, and when you stride on rollerblades, it's very expressive. Very, very it can be. Yeah, people it can try. Be and so expressive. It's very like in style to like keep your arms down, not stride too much. Yeah. Don't make it look too much like rollerblading. I wonder if it'll not swing back because like don't power blade, or wreck skate. If you do have aggressive skates. Just try not to rollerblade too much, okay? Just try to act like you're on shoes. Let's just stay away from the whole rolling bit. Just you, you can remember roll. the whole like. Just keep. Your, just make sure you have enough speed so when the person presses record, you just kind of like you hold that. You're hovering. Pose. Yeah, you're just cruising. It's hilarious when people skate like they'll put a board up to a rail where there's like dirt or grass, and they'll like run. And then jump off the board onto the rail and then like land on another board and tumble into grass. It's a big like, pet peeve. Is that skating, man? Is that fucking skating? Get real. <laughs> it, it, well, it is to some people, but that's always... Everyone has their own skating pet peeves. Someone might hate UFO cess slides. I love them. I don't like UFO UFO cess slides are fucking sick. They're so... And they don't have to be UFO. You can even just be sliding on your wheels, like power sliding. Yeah, best one ever. Best one ever. Yeah. Um, Dion Anthony. Yep. Goddamn right, Dion. The alley oop air that he does, or like one eighty. He does a nice one eighty over the quarter into the cess slide, and that yeah, uh, that was skate the, park. That was the first one. Toys beneath our feet. I. I was smoking marijuana and I was at home. I was watching skate videos and then it was just one of those moments like the Paul John moment when we were it's just that one little part of something that I just kept fucking rewinding and then that's why I start I just like started doing UFO set slides all the time when I had yeah like during kind of like Cirque du Soleil I just it's thought to myself skill. like just do them all the time yeah but I also did lots of really bad stuff yeah, you're gonna make mistakes along the way. I know. Don't it's beat part, yourself up. It's part of the whole thing. I've done some pretty bad shit. <laughs> I have too, though. I still, I, I still worse. do bad shit. No. There's things I that some bad, like some stall, some of the stalls, really unnecessary. But I guess you feel it out. You're feeling. Yeah, it you're out. feeling it out. I do a lot of stuff that 
could be shameful. Like I think st- doing stalls on quarter pipes is really lame, but but um, it but it's fun. It's fun and it's a good way to like get comfortable at like those grinding positions, yeah. and it's a good way to work towards a, a full execution yeah. of the trick. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a stepping stone. There's some people who can do stalls and kind of make them work. Just not a stalling person. I think like, it's just funny when people put it in sections. And man, fish brain style pictures, magazines. I, okay, really that's can't. funny. That's funny because I was I looking can't at. Do it. I was looking at a fish brain photo, and I've always said that fish brains are really sick, and they are. You know, it's alley oop, it's topside, it's one. Oh, alley oop fish brain. Alley oop fish okay. brain. It's got a lot going on, but as a photo, when 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 they're grabbing. And they're and they're just to, holding that stance. Well, it has to be. It done, looks pretty silly. But it has to be done really fast. Like there's a difference between because yeah. I was telling you just before the podcast started. Like there's a big difference between a uh, a bad skate photographer or just an okay one and a great skate photographer. Like if Jess Deering Forth takes a picture of an alley fish brain, you feel the alley fish brain in the photo. There's like there's just some alley fish brain pictures. I can't think of one off the top of my head. There might be like a Dominique Sagona or s- I'm seeing something that's maybe like when they're more freestyle, you yeah. can tell that there is a little bit more freedom. But I, I see what you mean about the grab thing. Like, I think we've talked about it before. Like it, it's easy to like poke fun at like lift your foot up and grab it when you're in your shoes. I can see that. But yeah, fish brain style pictures. I can't think of one that I really like. Uh, Josh Petty's Fast Plant Fish Brain. Uh, yeah, in the perspective of mushroom, mushroom blading at it because I was like anything that looks kind of like that was like an air like he was in the air for a millisecond where he had to place his foot there that it was, was really quick and it, that was a high fish brain stalls that are like Liu Kang's if that makes any sense it's like peep someone's airing for a second and they yeah. just like tap down Broskow's the way that he does he's done some things with stalls but he's airing over something and he's it's almost like a grind yeah yeah his his skate just interacts really briefly with the surface and there's no, he's so good at skating that he puts a little bit of his weight down, but he's, his momentum's going another way. That's kind of That's like how I imagine yeah. if you do like the evolution of stalls and rollerblading are, it's all about doing those like smooth movements. Totally. Because totally. you can do that on rollerblades. It's like an they air attached like to your feet. Tapping, tapping down. The wheels are attached to our feet. To my feet. You know? Wheels attached to our feet, you know? I just want to say, um, just a name, and you tell me what you think. <laughs> I like it. Char- Charles Dunkel. Oh, don't even. Don't even do <laughs> Going this. Going through all these old daily breads, the amount of amazing uh, skate photos and sequences that that guy's had. Fuck. There's, no, there's nobody and there's people out there that's like Charles Dunkel. Going through these old daily breads, I was saying before the podcast, there's a bad, there's a really bad era where like, there may have been like a thick issue of daily bread with only like a few good things in it, like that I connect with now. And it's, and it's like, it's always so obvious the people who really stand out, but I was saying there's certain issues of daily bread where there'll be like eight pages of people doing different poses on down rails, and then all of a sudden you'll run into like a Brian Shima photo, a Charles Dunkel photo, a Josh Petty photo, a Pat Lennon photo, a BJ Bernhardt photo, Shit. Kato. There's like 
there's these people who, Andy Cruz actually had some really good ones too, like some really crazy shit that is yeah. underrated. And, but there was so much fridge buzz. Charles Dunkel is one of those people in that era when it was like, when East Coast kind of style skating was really popular, if that makes any sense. Like lots of, and there's nothing wrong, there's a lot of good skaters that came out of these places, but like where it was more like heavy on Philly and Atlanta and New York and technical and style and like big drop rails and hammers and stuff. Charles Dunkel, like his, his photos and some of his skating just shot through all that and really stood out. And in that era, those types of skate, like more of like that East Coast, like Jeff Frederick probably hated Charles Dunkel. Like there was people who hated Charles Dunkel and you look back at some of those photos and you're like, how can you hate Charles Dunkel? Like, yeah. People thought that he just became famous because of that ledge roll in Battle My Crew. You know that famous like Where ledge roll? People thought the only reason he was big because of that was because of that fall. And then it's like, look at his sections. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. His sections in Closer, in Uncloned. His uh, Rejects section. Oh my his god. His section, his Face the Music section. Talk about Whoa. a guy who produced no, a lot of shit. His Face and the Music section is so sick. Anytime there was a photo of him, like there was never a bad photo of him. No. They were all like, he went so fast, he was like 200% effort into tricks. Yeah. He had vision, he was able to take like creativity. Like I mean... We can we like creative skating, but he was able to take it to such a high level of danger. And his, his skating, his style was so tough. It looked like he was just gonna beat someone up. He looked angry when he that skated. That was aggressive skating. Very aggressive. That was aggressive skating. And yeah, just some of the other names like Pat Lennon. There would be no bull. If you ever saw him in Daily Bread, like no bullshit. B.J. Bernhardt. There's people who's like everything that they did was amazing. Every photo that they were in, like, uh, there was this double-page Rose's ad. And remember, like, Rose's had some really bad ads. We were talking about, like, more corporate companies involved in skating. So they paid for a lot of daily bread when those companies were involved. Solomon always had the back cover. Rose's had a two-page spread on the inside, but sometimes it would be, like, European skaters that you wouldn't really know, but two pages... And then K2 always had ads. Their ads were sick, by the way, when it was just like a white border, a logo, and an amazing skate photo, and the name. No fucking bullshit. Um, what was I getting to this? Oh, there was a BJ Bernhardt. Do you remember the Roses ad? It was the first, I think, Cesslide on a wall that I had seen. He was in like jean shorts and white ties, and he was Cesslighting a wall. Like a vertical wall? Like, like a wall ride. And it was such a sick photo. No, I can't recall this. Yeah, Rose's ad. Like, the, as soon as you open like the Daily page. Bread, it was just seeing B.J. Bernhardt back royaling a wall. Nice. Like, there's just people who brought so much to skating. It's kind of my point that they're, we talk about how amazing skating is now. Skating's always been amazing if you look back through Pat Lennon yeah. switch soling a roof on the cover of Daily Holy Bread. Remember shit. that picture? Yeah. With like the forest in the background? Jesus. It was switch. Switch sole. On a roof. On a roof. Some of the covers were so good. Like Daily Bread. There's a reason why people still talk about Daily Bread. It was real it was a really good magazine if you go yeah. back through. But there was a lot of money put in by big companies. 
There was even a... <laughs> Politicians think you're lazy. Uh, rock the boat or something like that. Like crazy. <laughs> oh, there was uh, the ads corn for the military and corn nuts ads and... Paul Mitchell hair care. I think, yeah. Box was notorious for having, like, sometimes it would be lots of corporate ads yeah. having fuck, But if you had a magazine and one of those companies came to you, you like that money. Fuck that. yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, there was a, there was lots of people ahead of their time that it's too bad that they had really good ideas for products and things like that. I think like uh, Tom Heiser, Andy Cruz, Kato, they must have been so frustrated that they had such good ideas for products and companies and things, but it just didn't fit into where skating was. It was like, there was the cool, there will always be the cool companies that people follow, and that's always how it's going to be. And there's people who I thought I didn't like their skating as much when I was younger, and now I really appreciate their skating. Like Andy Cruz. Like, were you a, a fan? No, I was never a fan of Andy Cruz. And you still aren't? Um, I'll have to revisit his library. I know he's done a lot of really cool stuff, and he he fucking true alley oop rolled the Bursi wedge, the round one. Yeah, he did a lot of really crazy stuff. Do you remember in the physics B roll, he tries to drop in off the bridge, and then it shows like shitty underwear, and he's like, "Shit, my pants on that one." I was thinking about how amazing that was. Why didn't they use that in the video? No shit. Nice one. <laughs> I shit my pants on that one. That should have been the whole video right there. That could have been the intro in terms of yeah. like the very first thing that you could have used in the video. That would have been awesome. Oh, like that. Did you get that picture of that Remedy ad that I sent to yeah. you? What did it said? Not a brand, not a product, not a company or something like that. How fucking cool is that? That's Very cool. how he was marketing. He's and it's like, still, was, I was thinking about it, it's still, like, he's got happy, but, like, REMS is, has never been a traditional kind of, like, in terms of their marketing. No. They've, there's never been, has there ever been a REMS video? No. Or, like, their ads are never, like, a team, like... His thing is, it's a concept. Exactly. Feet. It's, like... It's it it has it's focused on the product. That's what we talk about yeah. a lot. It's Rems is very very pro focused on the product, and they just have like the best skater in the world. Just here's what you can do with these skates, but it's yeah they they don't do like really blatant no. advertising. No, which is probably really frustrating because that's <laughs> that's a child being beaten. <laughs> it's probably really frustrating because. That's not the way the rules work, so you'd be frustrated if you knew your product was good, because I consistently, I still go back to REMS. I still, I've tried other products. I am a sucker for marketing sometimes from other companies, but totally. I go back because the feel of the skates, and style-wise, if you, I don't know, yeah, the feel of the skates, that's the only way I can describe it. It's the feel of the skate. It's not the yeah. skate itself, it's the way they're able to let me translate how skating feels. You know when you imagine skating? It's the closest I can get to a skate, the way skating feels in my head, and I think that's cool. But, I mean, I think it's awesome that he doesn't really care too much about the team. But he would, like, 
if he sold, he would sell more skates if he used the other marketing tactics. If if you understand where I'm well, going with that, maybe, yeah. But there's still so many people that it, the product almost stands for itself. There's yeah. so many people that no, my no, my they just want. Yeah, rent. my point is that it's awesome that he's not doing that because yeah. he could. But it's like, it seems like he has so much integrity still, based on Rem's the concept, not so much the brand. Yeah. Like, well, Haffy, he, and Haffy just does all of his marketing for him. Like that guy's all over the place. Not even like Haffy's super marketable, but it's it's like uh, he could he could try and get like Rem's is just it's such a bizarre thing. People and people think that they don't like REMs, but they haven't either one given themselves enough time to like get used to them, or they just assume they're gonna feel a certain way. People say REMs are floppy. That's such a like I think that's just stupid thing to say. Well, I do think in I do think there's a trade off with REMs. Like they they do feel really good in a certain way. Like obviously for for yeah, yeah. the movement of your foot. They allow for a lot yeah, of yeah, really yeah. stylish things, um, but they are—they do have a bulky feeling, uh, like, and I haven't skated them for a while, so I'm just that is true. Going off my observation of, that is of the true. past, the floppy argument—they are floppier when compared to shadows. Like if if you th think of the way a shadow responds to your foot, shadows are are. Are, they're not so much floppy as they are clunky. Like, and shadows are the exact same as REMs, that if you got used to them after a certain amount of time, I still think people don't give themselves enough time to get used to a skate. I'm guilty, so I'm like, I'll always go back to REMs, but those K2s were like, it didn't seem like it took as long to get used to them as other skates, possibly. But, um... I think the... Uh, like, I do think... I do think REMs could be more responsive to the foot. I do think, in a way, they are... That, well, you never got to... That's based on... I think that's the shelf sizing. That there's only... I don't know. I don't know how many shell sizes there are, but that's an issue of... of uh, liners. The liner is removable, and there's different size liners for different size shells, so that's where Jadot works for responsiveness that although the sole plate's big on Jado, you crank your foot down. Yeah. And so they they're more responsive. But Jado's could they're be They're just so strapped. Jado's feel bulky when you look down at your foot. Like they they look bulky, but they don't feel bulky. And I understand the sole's just way it, too big. Rims can feel like too much material on your foot sometimes. But if you lace that shit up tight, it's broken in, you don't have the cuffs on. Like there's certain there's certain REMS designs that haven't worked that look more bulky, and there's certain ones that, like, I don't know, those white halfies, like, remember after they were broken in, they look quite small on your foot. But I still think, yeah, material-wise, I could see how people say REMS were bigger. I have to try the new REMS. The, totally the have to. True Bounce, the, I recorded that podcast about them. They're yeah. a huge improvement for anybody who tried REMS and didn't like them. There's still people who won't be able to fit into if you're like the size 10s are way too big for some people there's a huge the jump shell, from 9 to 10 yeah but <laughs> if, if you can fit you can, into a 9 and they f 
they're gonna feel like really padded at first, but when rims are broken in and you can get into like a little bit smaller of a size, they feel good. You can really lace them up tight. Yeah, that's a big thing. Like at the session the other day, I know shit gets real if you like, you skate in your skates for a bit, they're laced up once, but then they start to feel good and then you lace your rims up again. It's like the second time you lace them up, that's when you can start to like, they really start to feel like the baseball glove. Damn. Yeah, you should try them again. Don't try mine though because there's there's just a jungle right now. A world of bacteria having yeah. sex at So all I'm times. trying, I'm freezing them outside right now and I bought some baking soda. Freezing the bacteria? <laughs> they said the, that freezing kills everything. So we'll oh, that's a good idea. Ten Fody. Are we going to do a part two of this? Because I got to do You have to do a part two. We just started getting into it. Yeah. Can we do a part two? Yeah. Over Skype? Yeah. Let's do five more minutes here. Okay. Hmm. But yeah, some of the best shit you've ever done is in rims, but you've done really good shit in jazz too. Yeah. And K2s. Maybe yeah. it's just that you're really good. It definitely, the body is primary. The that's, skates are secondary. That's true. Like if you're in really, you really good think, shape, yeah, then you could probably do some hot shit and some Bauer civilities. Yeah. Like, and the feel, the feel, you, if just it feels good to skate around in the skate. Just fit like a is solid fit. Fit is really important. If you skate yeah. skates that are too big for you, you're missing out on a large percentage of the enjoyment of skating. Yeah. Or too tight. If it like if your skates like okay, a lot of yeah. people skate skates but that are really tight suggest, and it works for them. I would suggest comfort. If you your can, feet have to be comfortable. Size down if you can. Size down if you can, yeah. Well too big there's a perfect balance of fit. No, have you seen people who skate skates that are too big for them? Yeah, the, there it's not it's not balanced. Sad. It's they're very it's out. very sad, and it, a lot of kids wear skates that are way too big. But it's it's getting better because the fad isn't so much about like when when TRS were hot, and it was all about having like big flop dogs and like baggier pants. There was a lot of kids who would get like a size eleven just because they wanted to look like that certain way. Talk. Let me tell you something about those TRS. <laughs> Going through those old daily breads, and I don't care if the section's good. Who made those skates look good? Let's be honest now. Not even Frankie. Not even Frankie. Yeah, definitely not Roscoe. Definitely. He made them look horrible. Amazing sections. But looking back... Ruined. Ruined. He, he wasted all that effort on all that, all that amazing <laughs> Just... skating. Doesn't count. Because of those stupid tongues he had sticking out. Imagine those sections if he had just taken the skin off and, and skated. I was trying to think of someone who made them look decent. Didn't Rob G make them look decent? Like if people <sighs> the who... The bald black ones were okay. People who put their pants over the tongues? Yeah. He, they were decent looking skates. like the all black ones without the flaps? Yeah. Uh, they were decent. Steve Jones? Maybe? Yeah. Decent. Uh, those were some... Bad skates. Yeah. White, oh, white TRS with flaps and sweatpants. I almost got those skates because Garrett got them and was saying that like he got a lot of compliments on how they looked. So I was Garrett, ma- I, Garrett, Garrett made, made them, them look freaking good. <laughs> <laughs> he had like he he would rock them with like tight jeans and the flaps, but he was just Garrett. Garrett. <laughs> Garrett had just really good stuff. Garrett made yeah. them look good. Garrett was really good at skating. 
when we went to Edmonton and watching him just rip those parks with his shirt off and <laughs> belt buckle and tight jeans. It's like, damn, who's that? He kind of had the he kind of has the Eric Bailey thing a little bit, but it's it's a little bit stronger, a little more Canadian. Yeah, quintessential Canadian blader style. Yeah. Yeah, it was like everyone had finished skating and he was just still like getting super sunburned and just kept skating like back and forth at that one park. Like he, in his zone, I'm in my zone. That's such a good feeling when, when you skate for a really long time and you realize that you've been skating for like three hours, but like you want to keep you're, you're just so confident. Yeah. And you're beyond the point of being tired. It's like you can't even get tired anymore. You just become a machine and Until you become you a fall. superhero. You Sometimes take, you get You take bit. one of those falls that because you're so tired, because you don't have the energy to save yourself properly and you slam extra hard. Yeah. And it's like you get the birds or the, the fuzzies. Oh. You get that like super faint feeling. That's no good. Uh, which that does happen, but sometimes it doesn't happen yeah. and you just kill and you just keep killing and yeah. killing. And it's like, that's it's starting to get late. Filming, like, that's prime for filming. If you take a camera out, but filming, you don't really think about it too much, and you get warmed up to that point and just film a few things, or film as much as you can, just at the end, when you're oh, that warmed yeah. up, that's, if you could, film for videos like that all the time, where you were just that warmed up. But, that's, filming doesn't work like that. Skate park, probably, yeah. You can get that warmed up. Yeah. Definitely. That's why a lot of park footage has a certain vibe is because people are able to get to that point. Whereas like at a street spot where it's a little bit hard, like oh. you're more limited, it's really hard to get warmed up because there's like nothing Do to really get warm, warmed up on. How important getting warmed up is in rollerblading? It can be. It's so important. There's just to think of like putting on your skates not skating around and trying to do a forward stair ride down a set of stairs without doing any skating around. And then just thinking about what that forward stair ride would look like, because it's definitely one of those tricks that can look incredibly awkward. But if you warmed up skating around for like two or three hours, that forward stair ride would be like, instead of thinking about riding the stairs from top to bottom, you might go so fast that you would like, and just be really controlled and maybe go fakey out like you would have a connection with your skates but I I guess you had that point in the last podcast that you like sometimes when there's a little bit of rustiness like a little bit of you can't tell the person's good but maybe they aren't warmed up there is something about those tricks like have you ever anybody who's ever seen pros skate in person it's just Jesus it's pros quote unquote but like when we got to watch that ASA and you got to see someone literally put their skates on and the first few things that they did and you realize just how good some people were yeah. without warming up. So good. Just Eric Bailey, I remember watching him skate in person. It was incredible. Yeah. When he missed stuff, it was still like a trick that he would land. That guy's amazing. That, in Shred Till You're Dead, the newest one, he does a true fish to in-spin royale on a that danger pipe and it almost looks like an air like when people do their true fishes and they're almost like sideways I love that shit Jesus love so much time do we have should we should you uh, yeah, should roll out head out here so do you want we'll do part two over Skype sure let's do yeah. it
because we started getting momentum, but then when we realized we were, time has, yeah. when time has you by the balls, it affects the momentum. We wasted a lot of time trying to figure out this damn mic. Got the I'll card. Have to, Got the card. Have to figure that out. All right, continued in part two. Digital, digital form. Hello. Hello, Joey. <laughs> 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 Fuck. So we've now jumped in time. Uh, how many hours ahead have we jumped in time? Uh, seven hours. Editing is a time machine. Totally. Your phone is telepathy, and editing is a time machine. I was kind of thinking about how it's interesting that we re- we recorded the first part of this podcast like early this morning pretty early for a hangout like 9 30 10 yeah we didn't have our thing together i don't think yeah it took us a while to to pull it together technically technically but it, I, th- it, I think we we uh we talked about some good stuff yeah but now we've uh gone our own separate ways uh had a day of life and now we're talking again yeah so we're gonna try and get the momentum because we w- we had momentum going yeah. But then we had to stop that part, and now yeah. we're in four. I can't remember where we would have left off, but I knew it was getting interesting. Um, yeah, I don't think it's important. No, it's not. Um, I, I was thinking... Uh, part two, bitches. Oh, yeah, this is part two. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. You know when you laugh so hard that you start coughing? <laughs> <laughs> no. That was really funny. <laughs> Doesn't that usually mean that you have a health issue? Yeah. <laughs> and then that's kind of funny that you have a health issue, so you start laughing even harder. <laughs> laughing is the best therapy. Like just laughing at shit is it just feels so good. That's why the laughing clubs are good to have. Totally. Laughing clubs work a lot. A lot of the time, and um, movies that are funny, things that are funny, make you uh, care more about whatever you're listening to or watching. Yeah, music's one that that doesn't need to have a sense of humor, though, which is weird. Yeah, music doesn't need to be funny. However, sometimes a really good like hip hop song will kind of make me giggle. Yeah, in a certain way, it's a certain kind of giggle. Like it's not like you're. I don't know, you're not laughing, like it's not funny, but it's just like so badass. Novelty. Like, novelty, yeah, and you just can't believe that you're experiencing these sounds and it's just kind of funny because you're such a loser. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And it makes sense that that music went to rollerblading so much. So well. Like a good hip-hop song to like some fisheye and some stylish shit is... You can't. That's like the most badass thing. There's ever. a lot of funny shit in those old daily breads. Like I'm just, I've been just fascinated by the old daily breads lately. I was thinking about how those sections that people make when they want to make some kind of grand statement, like <laughs> uh, when they like burn like a bit of daily bread magazine and like like uh, Julio burn the bones ad. Um, <laughs> Kevin seconds Gillen. He had the hard hitting. Puff Daddy song, uh, where Eric Schrein was like reading comments on a message board in the physics video, where oh shit, Brian Aragon 
since you, I haven't fallen off. <laughs> yeah. In 360 sweat stance, a capped kinker, bitch. <laughs> I remember having Basketball a shorts. I remember having a conversation with Richie Eisler about that trick, and uh, I can't remember. It was like we were drinking somewhere or something like that years and years and years ago, and it was when the physics video came out. Yeah. And uh, he was telling me that that trick wasn't that crazy because it probably took him so many tries to get it, and it was a really weird thing for me to hear that like I was so enthusiastic about it and he yeah. wasn't saying that the trick wasn't good or anything but I think he was stating that if you you could try something a bunch of times and that I it was weird Probably, someone thinking yeah. of skating that way because Richie was always so consistent that does seem really really weird from our perspective but if you think about like Richie or like the Alberta type of skater where jumping on a handrail for them really isn't anything. It's very, very normal. easy for them to like kind of try a trick, miss, and and it's like nothing. So I, I guess in Richie's world, like doing tricks like that, it's really not that hard. The real? So it's hard. He wouldn't be as in awe of it. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, 360 sweats and it's a, a kinked capped rail. Like I could do that. <laughs> He could probably do it both ways too. Yeah, he could 360 fish. His uh, Richie Eisler's uh, driveway rail, like his design, was a really smart design. Yeah. The thing that he learned, like a bunch of shit on how it was like it started out really high. Yeah. And then it was it a really a... good practice rail, like to to gear him up for for handrails. Yeah, it it was a uh, smart the way it was put together. I have like a higher and on a slant. There's a bunch of weird footage in all these old tapes, and there was one of like just a short little bit of people skating in front of his house. And yeah. this is funny to think that like Dustin was there. Like so many, so many awesome people were hanging out. Damn, those those Eisler cues are still legendary. Definitely. So legendary. Like the stars aligned. And for that many people to come together from all across Canada and many people met each other for the first time at that event. Yeah, or... We were so lucky to be a part of that, man. Or we hadn't hung out since cat comps. Like we hadn't... The first... Yeah, like we knew of each other. Like everyone kind of knew of each other. We had seen each other in videos. And yeah, we had been at those cat comps together. But that was kind of the first time that we all just came together for a fun session. Well, it it was the... Yeah, because it was the true spin comp before that was the first time everyone like kind of like re- got back together, and also we lucked out that Dana moved to Calgary, so we kind of had a link back in. Totally. And yeah. then, but that was the power of the internet too. It was like early power of the internet that the Eisler Q happened. It was yeah. really loosely organized, like it wasn't Facebook or anything. It was just on a message board, like on Outline yeah. or something, that it was just posted and everyone agreed to go. So that was actually a really awesome time of the internet because it was at a point where you could kind of organize things like that, but it was still at a point where communication was really not very good. Like you definitely wouldn't settle for, for how it is. Like the internet is, is a lot better now with like video content and images and really instant communication that it's almost like you wouldn't, you would have less effort to drive 16 hours to go to Regina to hang out with everyone because yeah. you would you would fulfill that a little bit more online. But back then, you would kind of just get a taste of everyone and see like the rare video, have little little bits of communication, but it wasn't anything great. But it was still enough to get everyone together. 
Definitely, definitely. And uh, um, there's a lot of cool skating that happened on those too. Yeah, people were so stoked. People got so fucking stoked. The energy was really high. Like I remember I would I would skate way better because yeah. of the energy. Or I would yeah. not skate better but just do stuff that I wouldn't normally do. Yeah. And there was but those think... like really good rails too. Yeah. There was like a couple really really really, really, really nice rails. That Shaw rail that you do that you did BS grind three sixty yeah. out on. That was a nice rail. And that famous Arcola one or whatever. That, that yeah. was really nice. But it, it is true though, when you come together in a, in a with a big group that's all really stoked, you do skate better. There's yeah, there's those weird days. I remember they'd be in Vancouver once in a while or certain like comps or when there's a certain amount of people together in an outdoor park. You can put your skates on and you're just you're already in the flow. Yeah. That, that you can just like I don't know what what's what that's all about well, you, t- you tap into that that energy that's already there yeah like, there's I guess already so, hey? such a buzz in the air that you just get so heightened from it it's like a it's like caffeine but it's just like in the air or you can't help but just be stoked and you see all these other people skating and you get stoked off of them and it uh it is there is a truth to that or you're not completely there and fuck yourself up you were better that at that too. you were better at that than i was i had a couple of those but you you were the master I was really good at that. Yeah. I think that's, that's like a typical youngster thing is to just get overly stoked and not understand that you have to build up to it and kind of get warmed up first. You just get so fucking stoked and you just throw yourself right away. Yeah. That was like when we went to Toronto and I did, we got right off the plane, went to the skate park and I did a half backflip onto my back. It was like, it was like the Pat Lennon hoax two fall. That wasn't Pat Lennon. Wasn't it? Who was no. that? Pat Lennon did a really nice flip over that ramp. It was some other guy. I can't mm. remember his name. But uh yeah. For yeah. some reason I always thought that was Pat Lennon. No, he Pat Lennon did have like the pads in the helmet and stuff on and looked yeah. like that guy, but no. Pat Lennon landed his shit, stomped his shit on that ramp. Of course he did. <laughs> he did a really nice big five forty and I think some kind of a misty flip or something like that. Pat's Misty flips, his misty flips in his bios just have always been so on point. You never really see him uh, miss them. Yeah. Isn't that, he's another interesting guy where he's so good, but you just, he never gets props. No, I, he, no one would, I mean, maybe some people would say that they love his section or something, but you just don't hear a lot of people like giving him props well if you have a conversation with someone in person and you bring up his name i don't think there would anyone no one would say that he wasn't sick it's just he didn't really care so much about marketing himself or he just seemed to be really into being awesome at skating and making his own videos and it seemed like he didn't really care about like an image or anything and his his whole thing wasn't he was marketable but not to the extent of like some of those other dudes. He just didn't yeah. seem like he was arrogant enough to make his name bigger. You know? Because, like, Brian Shima is more of a big name, but Pat Lennon's more of one of those guys, like, uh, I don't know, you see it in skateboarding as well. There's, like, those names that weren't big, but everyone, like, I don't know, a John, John Cardiel, yeah. I guess. Like, that guy's name isn't really well-known. For but, the, the, but the few people that know it when you hear the name you're just like oh shit yeah 
Exactly. He he needs to have like a statue built of him in Redwood City, like a brass Pat Lennon statue. Shit, we should build one in Kamloops. Definitely. I'll learn how to make brass statues. <laughs> if he, uh, I'll, like, I'll carve him out of my balls. <laughs> I would put him on my team too. You know how I was like building, oh, yeah. building my team. Uh, yeah. How I said Dustin Latimer would be on it, but he wouldn't really have to do anything. Pat Lennon would be another one totally. of those people. And I forgot, all... I forgot my Canadian riders. Um, I think Leon, Dustin, um, I said Matt Ledoux. Leon and Dustin would probably be on it. Have... I don't know if I could get Richie, though. Yeah, it's he. I don't know if he goes for the local shit anymore. He's real deal. No, but this wouldn't be local. Remember, you have a million dollars. Oh, yeah. Or no, maybe if you if you paid him, yeah, he'd take that cheddar. He's in the lead for skater of the year. He is by a landslide. He wasn't at first. He he wasn't at first. It was just just Mr. Bellino. Yeah. Who do you think? Like I had a lot of I had troubles with the blader of the year this year. No one really jumps out as being obvious. No, I well, I think in terms of a lot of stuff that was put out that was awesome uh i I really like i'm biased i guess but dustin put out a bunch of really good edits and he made that full-length video but um uh he would be like one of my votes uh Mm -mm. i don't know john bellino everyone's saying because he did have like a lot of big sections he had like four or five so just just that's true like output alone and and how many things he was able to put out and how dangerous he skated and without injury or anything there's a lot of respect that needs to be given just for that i richie's though is awesome because he consistently puts out stuff he travels around a lot um did he put did he put out a lot of stuff this year though it's not as well known because he was in he didn't he put out stuff but he was also in a lot of other people's stuff because he was traveling around so much. But right. uh, that last, there was that edit that him and Dominique Wagner, the edit that he made, the last edit that Richie made, uh, where the end of it has Dominique Wagner doing an amazing, like, super long line at the end. Um, you got it. That one was really good. Nice. That one was very and memorable. People will, will people will be excited to hear that. Um, Richie told me that he's going to come on the podcast. Oh, shit. So. I also got a message from Dustin that I forgot to send you, but there is talks of a video being filmed when Dustin and and Richie are back in Canada. Uh-oh. And Kevin Yee wants to fly up. He said he would buy a ticket. Uh up to meet so do what you will with it but everyone's schedules are pretty intense not really i think i'd be able to make it you'd be busier it'd be june-ish or something like that i don't know but it things are brewing still with that project sweet yeah pretty like it maybe be a part of it from afar yeah pretty dangerous roster yeah that's lethal i'd watch it <laughs> I would watch it. Be, I, I would bite your tongue. I would. If def- you're talking all that smack, you better be willing to bring it back. 
<laughs> to the real. It's gonna happen. It's gonna uh, fucking happen. It's scary, but it's exciting. Who else could be skater of the year then? I think Bellino is a pretty solid. Yeah, me too. Because what is it based on? It's based on output it, and and like just impressiveness and just being tight. Yeah. Having like a you got to have a good face. You do have to have like a your, good face. Your face has to look really good. Yeah. And yeah. Bellino's got a really nice face. Yeah. And he, Bellino's like I, I like that he's really tough looking. And he's like in really good shape. Yeah, that's why he's skating so good. He's so athletic. Yeah, like he could be a running back. Like he's thick and he's just powerful. He's got that shorter, wiry rollerblading frame that works so well. Yeah, like he seems just and he looks so confident. Like he does such crazy hard technical things with just he's just he knows what he's doing. It's weird. He's he's got control. And he also used to be John, John John, and then it just became John. Yeah, that's pretty badass when you can have a name and then it evolves into another name. Yeah. Roadhouse, Randy, Randy Spicer. Randy Spicer, yeah. Who else? Uh, that's a good question. No, not a lot of people have done that. No. <laughs> Joey? <laughs> Joey? <laughs> what how I evolved yeah from Joey to Joey yeah that's pretty good no nicknames ever stuck for me that's true we didn't really do nicknames I guess we did with the yeah kids. I think it's something that older dudes do with younger guys yeah like we had we had nicknames for all the younger guys oh yeah 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 well real we, deal we had sub names so there was like uh you were hydro junkie, yeah. And Conservatod came from that. I was yeah. king of hesitation. Uh, Masonic, I think. There was that one. Yeah. What are some other ones? Wasn't wasn't Dana's nickname at Stony Steakhouse Stanky? Stanky. <laughs> Stanky Beaver. Oh, Stanky Beaver. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was like lots of people had nicknames in hockey, but I was just still I was Joey. Or I mean there was, <laughs> there was Joe, sometimes Joseph. People say Joey Jojo Jr. cuz that's from The Simpsons, I think. I've heard that one a couple times. Mm-hmm. Joseph. Yeah. And Todd's kind of the same thing. It's kind of funny in itself. Yeah, you don't really need a nickname when your name's already Todd. It's already <laughs> That one birthday pretty card pretty was so Remember that birthday card where it was like the guy with his hair was kind of like yours and he had like the yellow polo sweater and his jacket was slung over his shoulder? And then on the inside of the card, like the part of the joke was that that guy's name was Todd. (laughs) Yeah, I think Todd is a pretty like uh, douchey name. It's like the frat boy guy. I'm Todd. I think they, they even made fun of my name on Seinfeld. Todd? Yeah, there was a scene where, uh, I don't know, maybe Elaine had a boyfriend named Tad. And when he told them, they were like, Tad? They, like, Americans say Todd really weird. Like, they don't say Todd, they say, like, Tad. Tad. And I swear there was a scene where they made fun of my name. <laughs> Which is well-deserved. What? 
I don't even... What other Todds are there? Todd from Simpsons. Todd Rod and Todd. Todd, Todd McFarlane, creator of Spawn. Yeah, Todd McFarlane. Uh, Todd. There was, Todd. Wasn't there a really bad rollerblader? And he, he was the owner of Bandwagon Productions. What was that guy's name? Um, it was, was that... Todd Bluebaugh. That's not you, Todd. No, Bluebaugh. no, Todd Bluebaugh's sick. There's another Todd? Uh, Todd. Remember, he he made step two. Wasn't his name Todd? <laughs> Probably a guy named Todd made step two. <laughs> and made bandwagon productions. Yeah, the f- first three minutes of that video was him riding a motorcycle around. <laughs> yeah, something Todd would do. <laughs> Uh, I was looking at one of the better Daily Bread covers, Josh Petty doing a backside UFO on a down ledge with red fifth elements. In khakis. And in flat, (laughs) in flat with aluminum grind plates. Whoa. And a golf t-shirt, right? It was that, it was that like England, like nice shirt with like, it had like (laughs) Japanese, it had like the England lion for three buttons or whatever. That is funny how skating went through that um, fashion trend of like, like really nice. Like people looked really nice when they skated. They would wear like nice khakis and a golf shirt. Like gel your hair. Yeah. They would wear like a future shop uniform or like a. Like they would wear like uniforms when they the, skate, and they look really crispy. The button-up shirt with the shirt under, and the khakis and the gelled hair. <laughs> yeah, I I haven't used hair gel in a really long time. I guess they don't need it, but do you do you use any hair products? Yeah, I, I use some gel. <laughs> I got a my I got fluff head, so I gotta look tight for the wife. Todd. My name's Todd. My name's Todd, and I use a little bit of hair gel. You know, gotta look good. I'm out. Uh, have you watched any good shit lately? Um, the best shit I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> the best shit I've seen was Art of Rap. Loved mm. it. So That's good. right. You said that. Maybe I'll watch that tonight. And so good. I got my fucking ass kicked in yoga because I haven't done it since uh, before Mexico. Yeah. I think a little bit before Mexico. And last night I had um, like frozen pizza and root beer and ranch dip <laughs> and chips and chocolate. And and if you eat that stuff and then try and do something the next day where you're, you require energy, um, man, it was hard. It was good though. It's humbling. Because you just get reminded that you can't just put shit in your body. Yeah. Because you'll get shit back. Um, and, and you I, know when it's really painful like that, you know that you really needed it. Yeah, for sure. I find um, if you haven't done it in a while, and it's kind of the same with skating, although I lucked out with that skating session, sometimes it takes like three times, I find, with yoga. And to If your body's like, there was so many crazy, weird little... Uh, stiff points and uh weird stuff that just needed to be worked through um and then your sweat feels really toxic 
when it comes out. But it was good. It was nice. really good. Um, so you've got that high post post yoga feeling? No, mm-hmm. I'm I'm more well. I'm more just uh, really tired. I think not in a bad way. I don't have the high because I uh, I think because it's been a busy day. I think uh, I just feel good, and I still. F- I can't wait to, uh, I want to skate again. I already have a bunch of ideas for that skate park. Yeah. I was thinking about it. I think it wouldn't, does it really matter if you skate flat in that park because it's so slippery? You could just maybe get away with skating anti-rocker and having more possibilities because yeah. the floor is so slippery. Um, but I don't know. I was thinking not, about Not just that park, like... You could skate anti-rocker on whatever, but you might be falling into the trap of uh, thinking that anti-rocker will be really fun. I know, I know. I've I've made that mistake before. I know. But well, you you, you had it, it can be pretty fun. Like like uh, mm. you'll probably do some a few things that you wouldn't normally do. And no, you're not when, usually capable of. When I actually but, think about it, though, the last session I had so much fun, and there wasn't actually there wasn't a single trick where I was like, oh, if I had anti-rocker. Yeah. This would have worked. It was pretty much everything was really fun. So yeah. I get in the overthinking mode in winter of like, oh, maybe like just it'll be a little bit lighter. I'll still be able to do all the wheel sliding stuff, but I don't think I'd be able to do the wheel sliding stuff. It wouldn't feel as good no. in ante as it would in, in flat. Yeah. Um, I think it would have, like, because the ground is so slippery. It might just feel so shitty. Is every indoor skate park that slippery, or is it just that one? Um, um, a lot of indoor skate parks are pretty slippery. It's that like unfinished industrial ground with little bits of wood that chunks off of the ramps that settles on oh, the ground. Yeah. Um, when we skated it the other night, it wasn't nearly as slippery as it was, I swear, like the first couple times I skated it. The first couple times I skated it, I remember it being way slipperier. But it might have been my setup, I'm not sure. Oh, because you had Bennett, our, uh, rockered, right? Yeah, I had rockered frames. And I, rem- I remember I could, when I was standing on the ramps at the top, I could just like, you know when you're on your socks on a hardwood floor? Oh, and you just feel the slide. Can, yeah, you can just do a spin. Oh just yeah, standing there, I could do that on my skates. That's good it though, because so if, slick. If you got used to that, there's a lot you could do. I have a really cool yeah. idea where I want to do a really fast grind. I don't know if you, I was grabbing onto the ground rail and just spinning myself, like I would, I would skate towards the ground rail and grab onto it as I skated past and let it pull my arm and spin right. me. Yeah, I want to cool. do um, a quick like topsole. And then do that. Like it would be really cool to come super fast towards the rail, yeah. do a quick topsail, grab the rail, and then let it. Sp- like if a car gets into an accident, yeah, it spins around. One of like those. If, yeah, like really close together. Like right when you land, you're grabbing the rail and going right into another spin. Yeah, that would yeah, be super cool. It would look super cool if you could quickly hit like a quick grind to 360 off and then right when you land go grab the rail and go into another 360 oh shit and i was trying that's a, to, that's a cool idea that is a cool idea the the super slippery ground is pretty much like the basis of all things that i want to do there like uh i can't imagine i do want to learn how to air between those quarter pipes but it just i just imagine fall like because you said you fell when you tried it 
Well, I think, I don't even think it, like I said, like you're going to land and go right into that other ledge. And no, it's, what if, it's so slippery that you what, can't carve out of it. You pretty much do it and then have to just slide on your ass or crash into that ledge. What about if you could do it from the other side though? Like going the other way towards the rail? That would that would be better because because you could air the you might, box. You might bash against the wall, but that might be sick. Oh, yeah. Like if you did it and kind of bashed against the wall but kept going. Yeah, like air the box, and then you have lots of speed to air over the gap, and then you could you have lots of speed if you aired the gap um, to do the quarter pipe. People probably don't don't even know what we're talking about. They have no idea. Faction skate park Kamloops. Look it up. <laughs> It's a, pretty, it's a good skate park, but yeah. If you if you show people that live, live in Philly and they skate, what's that place that the Kelso brothers skate? That huge skate park, Rye Airfield or something? I don't know. Jeez. Oh, the the, <laughs> the the edit where he does the finger thing, where he wiggles his finger at the camera. Oh, so good. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what what finger you're talking about. He's apparently <laughs> It's a really good thing to do to the camera. Like, no, yeah. you didn't. No, don't don't come <laughs> around here. Oh yeah, don't come around here. That's definitely what it is. <laughs> the don't come around here. He's he wants to be on the podcast too, but I mean, we'll see. We'll see who is actually on the pod, podcast. It's it's a hard thing to organize. Yeah, I'm it sure is. People are kind of kind of freaked out about it. It would be sort of a weird thing to commit to. Like okay, we'll do it. We'll do it this this evening. Like a lot of people will respond and say, "Yeah, I'd love to be on," but then when it comes down to it, like committing to it is is actually probably kind of scary for people. Yeah, because it always turns out good unexpected though. Unexpected and raw, of course. Yeah, you can't go wrong. No. And like people would love to hear a lot of these guys talk. And we're both very knowledgeable in whoever we talk to. We know the history. We grew up on on skating with them so there's yeah. a lot to talk about right it's totally. like pretty much unlimited what you can you could have like a series of five podcasts easily with each of the guests that you've had easy even just the story of how someone got into skating yeah is sometimes that's like could be a whole podcast because there's so many interesting side stories that come up about the story of rollerblading Totally. within someone getting into skating yeah like it's a pretty it's such an it seems like such an it, it is such an easy thing to like just talk to these rollerbladers that we've watched like tons of their skating and tons of tons of their sections and it's kind of creepy already how much we know about them like oh, yeah. it's, a, it's a pretty perfect setup for a podcast like the jason marshall one i just realized like how many questions i, I had for him when I was yeah. just like going back through his sections and thinking about just how much he influenced my skating, even like what skates that I bought and stuff, and just you don't you don't think of Jason Martian as Marshall as as much of a style influence. Jason Martian. Jason Martian. <laughs> Jason Martian. Yeah, he was such a big style influence on so many people. Totally. Like time, those timeless skaters. He's had some amazing photos. Uh, looking through those old daily breads. I don't know if you remember, there, it was like an outdoor skate park with lots of graffiti, and he was in REMS, and it was like a garbage can stacked over top of a garbage can, and he was just doing an ungrabbed, like, feet 
launch over top of it on a really sketchy tabletop. You know the tabletops with the sharp edges? Yeah. Yeah, it was a it was a gap like that, and you could just tell it was he, he went up and was going really fast and had to land in a sharp old skate park transition, and you can just nice. really feel like because you don't see tabletops like that anymore. No, you don't. I'm trying to think of um, what skate park has one of those. There's the one in Kelowna, but it's really small. Yeah, that's kind of like it's too bad. It's like half a quarter. It's sort of like a quarter pipe, but it it's not. It's yeah. those kinds of launches. Yeah, you don't see those anymore. That used to be so common. There used to be, like, the fun box was very standard back in the day with those sharp transitions, like the NIS. Like, those NIS boxes were so fucking dangerous. Oh, the disaster boxes. Yeah, like those big fun boxes. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> those things are really specific. It's too bad at the uh, Ben Lee that you can't air that thing the long way. That there's not enough space to air it the the lengthwise. Which at Ben Lee? Ben Lee, how like I learned forward and fakie seven twenty really well going at it straight. But you know how like in Mushroom Blade. You're not talking about uh, the old Kelowna skate park, are you? Yeah, old Kelowna skate park. Old Kelowna skate park. He's at Ben Lee. Oh shit, sorry. Sure, sorry. Yeah, old Kelowna skate park that you can't air that thing the the lengthwise. There's there's no right. way to air that lengthwise, because there's a lot of possibilities with that. Um, and I was thinking about that. Uh, what's Andrew Broom was the guy who did the 360 heel roll? Yeah. I'm surprised you haven't explored at the Kamloops Park. Um, obviously, you can't go into any other bowl, but like the zero gravity feeling of launching out of a quarter pipe, like kind of like low down into it. For sure, yeah. I actually, I was actually thinking about that because it makes a lot of sense. That um, in terms of getting your body around and being able to spot and then not landing down on a heel roll, you're kind of like getting your weight in a proper position to get forward momentum. But totally. I think you could really come up with some cool shit. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. I'm, I guess I'm just, I'm not really, I'm, I've never been the type to like air out of quarter pipes. But if oh. I just kind of started and got more comfortable just like spinning 360s out and 540s, it, it, yeah, totally. It makes so much sense. Yeah, and it's I'm not airing. The first couple times you'll try it, you'll do it wrong because you'll try and air it like a bank. But yeah. you, if you air, you know you do that thing like on the hump at the skate park where you air really low? Yeah, that's exactly that's, what you want to do. Yeah. So Treat I think it like it's, an up gap. pretty sure it's possible to do like um, – you might be able to do a 720 heel roll out of something like that eventually. And I think eventually I could do it. I wouldn't be able to roll the toe roll very well, but like a 540 alley-oop toe roll just for a little bit to forwards. Oh, that would be so nice. Even just like tapping, even just for a little bit to forwards would look so good. It would be like a very short roll. Yeah. But yeah, it would be a cool trick, especially if you really like – practice it a few times there's there would be a cool a couple cool like body positions that you could get into oh momentum yeah. wise rollerblading's the shit for that totally that andrew um, broom trick is so sick because when you spin like that and land on the toe or the heel the hardest part about that is like you you have that momentum and you've only got you're only landing on one wheel so to stop that momentum and then continue to roll straight like he did is so fucking hard yeah so he did it was a really fast 360 heel roll 
and then he 360'd into the bull. Yeah. Fuck. Did he spin on the heel for a little bit, or did he... Yeah, he, he spun, like, a little bit on the heel. And, and then, then jumped in. into that big quarter. Man. That trick was so sick. When I watched that, I just... My jaw just dropped. I literally was like... Oh shit! And I rewound it like three times. I was so excited. It just looked so good. It did. And, I the, and then that was even before the the fakey five heel. I mean, the fakey five heel is amazing, but the three sixty heel was just, and the way he three sixty in was just like an, an explosion of rollerblading orgasmicness. I would love to try those skates if someone had them. They look like they might be. Oh yeah, good. the adapt skates. Yeah. They look really good. The only thing, though, is the I'm very weary of carbon and foot pain. Yeah, but apparently they're really comfy. Yeah, I'd have to I'd have to try them. Um, but that's a big thing. Comfort's important. Yeah. You kudos don't to them, though. Yourself. Yeah, no. kudos. Well, we do every time. We do. Yeah. But I not saw... literally. You don't want to crucify yourself. Literally. No. Metaphorically and spiritually and physically, but not literally. You were crucifying yourself when you skated Carbons. Dad was buried. <laughs> they, you never, they never worked out, did they? I, I really liked those skates. It's a shame. Because it was such a weird contrast to have skates that you really like, but they fucking kill your feet. You have weird feet, though. I know. I, I can't be a test subject. No. Because I'll have like weird things that go on. I still... Uh, really really believe in in the possibility of skating doing a mod on those Jadow 2.0s where you take the cuff off and just skate them with the instep and the toe strap I really think it's possible and maybe I, I'm telling everyone right now that I am going to try it I don't think uh, I don't think it's a good idea to completely remove the cuff I think you could modify the cuff like it doesn't need to be so tall I think you could because I think you still, you definitely still want a cuff. Like you do need the cuff because that 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 strap that straps your heel down doesn't that attach to the cuff? You know, um, in a way? you would. Have, I think the you would have to cut it. You just cut it. Yeah, I'd have you to start look. butchering the skate. Um, but another option would be to use a rems cuff and then put um maybe like a Velcro strap so it's lower and then try and use the shadow padding because I, I still think that cuff looks way too high for me. But apparently it flexes really well. Like it has a lot of forward and backward movement. So yeah. I'm excited for you to, I don't know what you're deciding for your next pair of skates, but if you get those, I'm excited to see what you think of them. Yeah, I'm excited too. And that's the thing, the, 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 the cuff can be higher. It just needs to flex right. Yeah, it needs to move you know, properly. It can be high and not be restrictive. The one-piece sole that's a little bit smaller um, is going to make a big difference. They're going to be even more responsive. Because the so, and and the shadow sole plate is just way too fucking big. Like it, it doesn't feel that great to sole. <laughs> Not only that, but there's the fact that there's um, different components to it. Just the fact one piece sometimes makes things feel a lot more solid. Like sometimes you can feel oh. the soles flex. How it's the sole attached to the base plate, you know? You get that feeling really? of like, yeah. I don't know, they seem pretty solid to me. No, I've never, no. I've never experienced that. Cheap shit, like pieces breaking off and stuff after set slides? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the pieces on the side. Yeah. 
Yeah, those things. Oh. Are, yeah, yeah. Shit like that, man. Yeah, those new shadows do look really good. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, I really wanna. I wanna get my. I wanna get nines back. But I've so, said that before. Yeah, but you were so close. You pretty much have them. I just want to get to, the, to a point where I used to have them where I could just do them like pretty easily. Ah, uh, but it was always. I don't. I don't want to just do a nine. I just want to have it on lock and just be able to bust it. You do, but it's just about. It depends on the bank. Yeah, but even off of the best bank, I just lost it, man. I'm not the. I'm not who I used to be. You pretty much had it on your on the prove yourself your bachelor party trip that clip yeah. that i sent you or the piece of footage sorry i'm like seeing clips uh you pretty much rotated the whole way you just doubted yourself at the last second or yeah. maybe you needed just a little bit more up amplitude and i've i've built up some really bad habits with my sevens well I can, I can lay sevens like like really easily but i paid the price i sacrificed my nine because my head actually stops spinning and well, I just turned that last 180 with my hips. And it works really well for sevens. Like, that's the way to go because you can land them and not have too much spinning momentum when you land. See, a lot of people can do 720s, but, like, right when they land, they have to, like, spin a 180 because they have so much momentum. Yeah, but the I way like I do that. it, you spin the five, and then you just, like, keep looking backwards and just yeah. turn your body and then basically land looking backwards. It's the perfect way to do it. That's a but good way of doing it. But, hey... At least you have those two because I do so many 540s that I lost my 720s. Yeah. But, I mean, I can't remember the last time I did a forward 720. Like, I had that uh, in the Hope Bowl, in that footage, like, I was able to do them kind of like Pat Lennon style. I was able to huck, like, nice forward 720s out of bowls. <laughs> that bowl is actually not that great for, for spinning out of. Well, you land so close to the thing, but it yeah, if you, you think land of it, like right on an up gap. But the the fact that you can jump into it from that hump, if it was like a launch box with a nice like mellow down ramp, it's so nice. It is, uh, yeah. It's very unique. Like you get that floating feeling. It's like like it, it launches you like straight up. It's like a bigger it's, version of the blue launch ramp. That's what I always thought of it as. Where it's not doesn't go straight up as much. What's that? A way bigger. Yeah, yeah, it is pretty much that blue launch ramp scaled up by like five times. Yeah, because I'm not a a big mellow long. Like there, it's all. I guess I always found it weird because you ride the you ride it for so long, and it's like it. You almost there's no point where you like jump. You really have to just float off of it, which is a different kind of. That's my preference for a launch. Because I'm not a big fly box person. I'm not, I can't do like how you and Mason are so good at popping and knowing exactly where to land. I'm more of like, I guess if I eventually figured out how to launch ski things, that's how, that's how you're actually supposed to do it. Like those guys don't jump, hey? They're just going really fast and they float and just start turning their body. Yeah. And that's how you would have to do it if you hit the mega ramp. You'd basically you just have to float off of it. Like if you tried to jump, probably like fuck yourself. Would you if you were at the mega ramp? Would you hit the mega ramp? No, no. I'm not afraid of the mega ramp. I'm just afraid of that huge the quarter pipe order afterwards. Like doing doing the mega ramp doesn't scare me. Like 
if I could do it and and just go up a big bank afterwards, I'd be more inclined. But <laughs> going up that huge half pipe. I wonder how big that thing is in person. That quarter pipe. It's so big. It it's it looks like it's like eighteen twenty feet. Like it's huge. I would probably. If I did the mega ramp, I would do it and then just like slide on my ass. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't go up that quarter. I'm. I might be able to hit it because when. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. The best fly box I ever skated was the one in Toronto. By far, and it's too bad you didn't get to to skate that more. I I I, I came through on it. I skated <laughs> quite a bit. After a rough start, <laughs> came back swinging. Just shitty street skaters from Kamloops against people who've been skating the Taj Mahal their whole life. Do you think we'd be good at that now? Yeah, definitely. At that that park was pretty sick. Yeah, it was we'd, r- we'd really nice. Be pretty good at it. That setup probably still exists somewhere. It's got to be in storage. Yeah, where is all that stuff? Wasn't the theme of it, it was called Skate Space? Skate Space. It's <laughs> a good name. It is a good name. Like, it's a space. It's, yeah, that's good. It's really good. You know, like, just a space where ideas can hang out and do whatever on skates. Do whatever. Is there an indoor in Toronto? Um, it's a good question. There should be. I'm, gonna, I'm going to Toronto in a couple weeks. Really? Yeah. Are you going to visit Shop Task? Maybe, if it's close. Yeah. What are, what are you doing in Toronto? It's a conference, like a design Ooh. conference. So I get to listen to lectures, which I love doing. What? That's a cool employer right there. Very cool. I hope I get to do that through my work eventually. Yeah. Conferences are sweet. Yeah. To hear people talk in person about things that they're passionate about <laughs> while caffeinated. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, it's, it's almost exhausting how much, uh, how much inspiration you get. Like it's almost too much. Like at the end of the weekend, you're just like so tired because you took in so much information and so much inspiration. Just amphetamines, Todd. Yeah. Jesus. And then so much cocaine. Oh, yeah. So much yeah. cocaine. Definitely. Or just, yeah, whatever you can get. Maybe maybe make some of your own. Yeah. Like just in that mu- music video, he just goes to Walmart and gets some household chemicals. Yeah. It's pretty easy. <laughs> whatever he made. When, when I tried ecstasy that one time, it was not. It was only a half pill and it was not good. It felt like it was made out of household chemicals, so like, yeah. I'll try it again. But it needs to be—I need to know a, a chemist, a real chemist, not a street chemist. Yeah, like some pure MDMA. Yeah, I want the real shit. Yeah, the street shit. That'll, that'll fuck you up, man. Oh, I'm having a bad time, man. You I wonder just how many um, afterwards. How many tricks of like in FP videos and stuff where people are on ecstasy? That's a good question. Skating, because it. I, I thought about it might. Uh, I, I thought about that like when I did try it. It might 
make certain like movements in skating like it might make skating feel <laughs> really good it would yeah <laughs> if you think like people do it in, in classically they, they'll go dance because dancing just feels so good like skating would feel pretty fucking good like i would love to sit down and have a good chat with aaron feinberg and and have him list off the tricks that he did while under the influence of ecstasy oh yeah i would love to know that too well and plus because what i i'd never had any like um like never touched coke or anything like any powdery type anything and whatever like because ecstasy's cut with something else the speed aspect of it might make people skate really good too the energy yeah energy and i just think the, the feeling of doing the tricks would just it would feel really good. You'd probably end up with some really stylish tricks. And we are not, I'm saying like, hypothetically, if I tried ecstasy, we're not condoning anything right here no. on the Mushroom Blading podcast. Yeah. This is all entertainment. All entertainment. It's I'm not, not even it's real. Yeah. It's not I'm even real. Just, we're just representations. Yeah. We're just your, your, a mirror of your subconscious. You're just assuming that it's us. Yeah. It's not. Everything that you're hearing, you're hearing it for a reason. We're, we've been put here to tell you the things that you need to hear to progress as a human and to, um, to challenge your inner being. But we don't act, we're not actually people. We're you. Yeah. And um, I do eventually, like... If I was someone who tried illegal substances, I'm not. I've never done anything. I wanted to try the heroic dose eventually, but we'll see how that goes. Heroic dose of mushrooms. Eventually. I want to completely obliterate every possible piece of my ego. I want to shed the former version of myself although re i'm really into um the way things are going right now so i don't think it's not a time where i need to do it right now i do feel like there'll be a a time where it'll be useful though yeah i think I feel good though it's yeah. such a fluke i'll let you go ahead in a sec it's a fluke the place where i work is above a yoga studio and five minutes away from an indoor skate park like it's pretty crazy it's pretty good and in the spring and summer the fact that i'll be able to ride my bike to and from work um the only thing That's that would awesome. be awesome yeah so i'm getting pretty excited about and you live here for well, filming yeah. and, and skating i really want to um because i work at home and start work at about 9 30 so i was thinking like during the summer of getting up at like five and going for a sesh at the park before work. I've feel really good. Tell you, I tried that. I tried doing the early morning sessions in the summer. Yeah. They're so different from the, the later sessions. My energy would be so high right away. The morning sessions, I could never find my stride, but I think maybe if I was to be able to meet you, yeah, like, if I was able to skate with someone, but the solo sessions in the morning were really hard to find my stride. That is really hard. That it's really, yeah. um, you have to, there's more warm up time and you have to think of it more as cruising around. Whereas 
in the evening, yeah. sometimes I could just do all of my shit right away, like the magic hour. Oh, was there a visitor? Do you need? No. Oh, do you need a break? Magic hour um, sessions are like when you see magic hour in, in videos, it's good shit always happens. Yeah. Always. There's something about that hour. It's magic. Human, humans, there's a certain energy that humans can channel at that point. Your mortality. It's, it's like all the energy of the sun, like that is the sun has put on, on the earth for the day is kind of like, it's all there, but it's cooled off a little bit. So it's not as abrasive and, and the sun isn't bright. It's softened. It's like the sun has put some sunglasses on and it's like that energy of the day is still there without the intensity. So you can just like, you can kill. Sunset. Hour. Yep. Sunset and sunrise. It's the reason they're the magic hour. Yeah. Magic shit happens. Yeah. And the sunset one is like easier because unless you're like a super morning person, you've got your body's like warmed up from a day. I like you're pretty connected. Sunrise is good for solo activities that are like slower, like writing and listening to music and walking and like nature stuff, being by like a lake and not actually doing too much. I prefer for sunrise activities. Sunset activities, I love high energy. For I've had some pretty awesome morning, like early morning sessions. I it just feels so good to be up and it's like a fresh kind of like, oh, you have the whole day ahead of you. Oh, and yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I've had some really awesome early morning sessions. Did you ever do it in Vancouver before work? Um, never before work because yeah. I wouldn't want to go to work after skating and stay oh. fucking shit. Yeah. So I would have had to go skate, come home, take a shower and then go back out to work. It was just too much. But uh, I think with working at home, it'll be easier to go skate, come home, shower, and then I'm already here. I don't have to go out again. Yeah. Or you can stink like shit. You don't have to shower. You could, but I've you feel you know, really. I, I've played that game, and I've I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, Joe. With in terms of hygiene, I used to skate all day and then go to work in the same socks and wear the same socks all all, all night, and it resulted in in a horrendous, horrible, disgusting case of planter's warts. And I don't recommend that to kids at all. I always bring an extra pair of socks with me when I go skate because after you skate, you don't want your feet sitting in wet socks. You want to put on some fresh socks. It's not good for your skin. If it's I the summer, don't make the same mistakes I did. If it's the summer, flip-flops are great. Yeah, flip-flops are good. Because... Uh, getting as much air to your feet as possible yeah after a and it's nice really the awesome thing about summer skating is that you can skate really hard and, and you do sweat and your skates get wet but then you put them out in the sun and they'll dry off really fast oh yep yep and you so can... I hate, hate the feeling of like wet skates because they're like heavier because they're carrying all that water oh when your foot's yeah it's like slipping around it's disgusting yeah that's still a problem yeah, I'm trying to think. I really haven't had a pair of skates where it's like, wow, these really don't stink. It's all skates stink. Something, yeah, yeah. There's Have something you had rems, especially because of all that padding and material in them. It rems smell really bad. Yeah, 
really, really bad. Even if, uh, like, that one comment was, like, clean your feet. It, like, we obviously, like, shower. We have pretty good hygiene. But you're still, it's still going to stink. Like, if you sweat in something for, like, a couple hours, day there, in and day out, it, they're there going to stink really bad. There are people, though, that don't, like... You, you have to make a conscious effort to actually get down and wash between your toes and stuff like that. There's people who don't do that. Like when you take a shower, people just let the, the water trickle down and they don't actually scrub the feet. And apparently drying your feet off is really important. Yeah, very important. Really, really important. Because there can even just be the tiniest little bit of water between a certain part in your toes. Did I tell that um, Petri dish story on the podcast ever? I think... I probably did. I think I did. Anyways, when we sampled, the short version of it is when we sampled between my pinky toe and the one beside it, um, yeah, the bacteria had become intelligent and it broke. There was like a whole community of different kinds oh. and it had broken out of the Petri dish. Like it, it was intelligent enough to get out and oh. people had sampled like toilet seats and behind toilet seats and just the grossest places and between my pinky toe and the other toe was like there was just a party happening on on facebook.com ben weiss posted that he's going entering his first red bull crash race soon Holy shit. which is pretty exciting ben weiss is still alive yeah good there, thing do you see the clip of him no yeah there's a clip of him doing crashed ice there's a clip of him uh, rollerblading, doing a huge soul-to-soul transfer, and a bunch <laughs> of people going, ah! <laughs> One of my favorite um, skate video parts, I would love to eventually do an article on this, but still, probably said this before, but he does the the cess slide down the, I think it's in Smell the Onion or something. What video is that in? He Seth slides like he built like wood oh, against him, yeah. and it's at a party. Was it? Was it? He did a rail to a big Seth slide, a big front side Seth slide or something. Uh, one, no, he and, specifically yeah. just put boards like down the side of this building where a party was at. Like it was the same. There was a, another picture, you know, where there's a party. Chris Farmer has the sword, and he's front siding over the party. Yeah, it was an it was a different setup that he had. That he it looked like they had bolted boards. And he bails the first time, and the whole party cheers, and there's, like, a guy spraying, like, his beer or champagne everywhere. (laughs) Ben Weiss is sick. That's what life is all about. I mean, don't do that all the time, but, like, those moments, the energy when you see stuff like that in videos. So epic. Just a group of people together and... Every all the attention and it's quiet. Everyone watching someone do one thing. It's like, ah. <laughs> man. Well, another awesome podcast. Yeah, thank you, Todd. And uh-huh. uh, the first of the in-person, then Skype format. Yeah, multi-format, multimedia podcast we'll all that, in one we'll get all that happening together uh enjoy your food and apparently we have many podcasts on the go it's just connecting dots right now yep uh, i've got one planned hopefully this week with mr dallas kurtz um i got a kevin yee coming nice. up and um 
yeah, he'll be able to talk about he got his Jado 2.0s and he's on a trip filming, finishing up filming for the Jado video right now. So wow. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get some insight into that. And, yeah, uh, yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, so uh, expect a lot more. And um, I yeah, th- check out mushroomlighting.com. Yeah, um, James like us on Facebook. James Kapetsky will probably be putting it out in edit in a few months of all oh. the indoor skate park footage. I think possibly. Cool. So and that's all. Yeah, I think I think Kevin Dowling will be coming on the podcast. Oh shit! We can ask him about his boy it. Jamie. Co- the co- the uh, cornrows. Yeah. While doing a top acid. Yeah, that's a pretty any any guy who's had cornrows is okay in my book. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Much okay. love. Much love. Signing off. Some Canada. Keep it real. Yeah. Keep it tight and bright. And uh, support. Eat support. Some chicken. Represent. Support. Represent. Skater uh, owned. You know, skate, just just give someone a hug. Put out positive energy. Skate around. Support the supporters. Yeah, support the people who support you. Every dollar that you spend supporting just goes to a, the big cause that we've yeah. all been working on. Exactly. And we're, we're global, we're here, and we ain't going nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay, bye.